Hey, hey, my friends, it is Karen again. So here we are, second time that I'm recording a podcast. So before I even jump into this, let me just tell you, I know the microphone's janky. Give me some time. I'm just starting this, right? <laughs> number one. So hang in there. Yeah, number two, I'll get better at this. Just give me a little bit, right? Give me some grace, you know. Um, this is mainly to get us through this first part, but I'm hoping after we're done with this, we can use this for some other fun stuff to do. So yeah. All right. So we are jumping in to the introduction of the 33 days to morning glory by father Michael Gately. And I am doing today the introduction of the book. So before we even do this, because this is the first thing you're doing, we are going to pray us in. All right, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, so yesterday I talked to you a little bit about how to do the Marian consecration. Today I'm jumping right into the book. So before you read the first day, that's where we're at. This is before you read day one. We're at the intro. So um, I totally am pulling this directly from Father Michael Gately's videos. So um, I'm not making any of this stuff up, right? Uh, and today will probably be the longest episode of the 33 days because there's a little bit to get through. I just want to make sure you guys understand what's going on. So um, with that being said, Let's remember the goal of Marian consecration is a consecration to Jesus through Mary, right? So Mary is not God. We do not worship Mary. Mary is a creature. But what she does do is play a special role in our lives because she plays a special role in all of humanity, right? She brought Jesus into the world. So um, she does play a special role in our lives and she's going to do something for us. She's going to take us to Jesus in a very special way. Um, and how, why would she do this is when we give ourselves to her, she takes us to Jesus. Mary is not going to do anything else. She doesn't want to do anything else with you. She wants to take you directly to Jesus. So um, we say Mary, Mary says Jesus, right? We know that. We say Mary, Mary says Jesus always, every single time, right? So the first thing we're talking about is why would we do a Marian consecration? So yesterday we talked a little bit about what it is. We're being set apart right, by Mary for some specific thing that God has for us, our plan. Um, so why would we do this? So he talks a little bit about St. John Paul II. He's one of the saints that's in his book. And St. John Paul II says, he calls this little section, time of evil, time of grace. So when he talks about this, he talks about how um, in Romans 5.20, it says, where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. And so think about that for a second. Where sin abounded or was overflowing, right? Grace abounded all the more. So from every tiny sin, grace is there. The bigger the sin, the bigger the grace. Think about our world right now, people, right? When is a better time to ask for an extraordinary amount of grace? We need it, right? So this is what 
St. John Paul II was talking about, a time of evil, time of grace, just means, um, you know what, there's evil going on right now. So this is what we need. We need to ask for extraordinary grace. I mean, our modern society, technology, all of these things bring specific evils into this world. They also bring blessings and grace. So let's use them, right, to ask for those graces. Um, and for us to remember what he's talking about is that God is not outdone in, in generosity. So we don't get discouraged or lose hope because of um, the evil that's in the world, because we know God wins, right? Grace, his grace is, is always going to win, and more than enough, right? Um, so because this is an extraordinary time of evil, it's also potentially an extraordinary time of grace. So how do we get that, right? If God offers us amazing graces in this difficult time, what do we do to get those, right? This is what we're talking about when we're talking about a Marian consecration. So graces are in Jesus's heart, right? This is where grace comes from. And how do we get those graces? We get them through the sacramental life of the church. So get the Eucharist, go to adoration, go to confession, right? All of your sacraments, we know that grace exists and, and comes to us in that way, right? But Mary, right, in her special role that she has as mother of God, she can call on those graces in a specific way that nobody else can. Do you remember the wedding at Cana? Do you remember when they went to the wedding? She was there with Jesus, some of the disciples. This was his very first miracle. They went to the wedding and they ran out of wine, right? Do you remember this? And then when um, Jesus had not done anything public yet, right? He had called a few people to follow him. He had not done anything like out in front of everybody. But um, when the wine ran out, right, Mary said to him, she, he said, why are you asking me to do this? And she said, it's time. It's time to do it. She can call out graces from Jesus in a very specific way. Y'all know when your mom asks you to do something, right, you do it, right? So this is how we're going to get these graces, the potential of these abundant, extraordinary graces, right? She is really the expert on getting right to the heart of Jesus. Like, if I'm thinking, I don't know how to pray right, or I'm not saying it right, or I'm not doing it right, or even I'm trying to do good things, right, for God to receive grace, but I'm not good at it. <laughs> like, I tried to do the right thing, and it just doesn't work out that way, or whatever the situation is. Like, that's you know, that's what she does. She's the expert in taking that little, in my world, pitiful thing and bringing it and making it something beautiful so that I, I do receive Jesus's grace in a specific way. So um, this is why we're doing this, because right now we have the potential to receive grace, like unbelievable amount of grace. So um, let's do it, right? <laughs> yes. So um, the next thing is, is we have to talk about the, um, like doing it together as a small group. So we are going to be talking about these weekly for five weeks at youth group, Wednesday nights at 6.30, 6.30, not 7, 6.30. Um, we're meeting at the blue tables and the, why are we doing this in a small group? Because 
this is how we change because this is why we go to youth group, right? Because sitting home and reading my Bible is cool, but I mean, and it does things to help my faith, but coming to youth group and talking about it does something different. When we talk about these things, when we witness to each other, when somebody else helps you, encourages you, loves you, forgives you, holds you accountable, all those things are important. That's what we do in group. So that's why we're going to meet and do this for five, um, five youth groups, right? Five Wednesdays and talk about this and, um, why it's an important part of the consecration. So the next thing is to understand that the consecration to Jesus through Mary is is part of a bigger picture. So this consecration is step number one. And when I say that, I'm saying like, it's not like we're going to like, okay, we're done with this. Now we're going to the next thing. But an understanding, excuse me, that we're trying to get to a point where our works that we're doing for the glory of God are beautiful and amazing and they're right at the heart of Jesus. But Mary is bringing us to his heart. Once we are in that place, you don't just be like, okay, I consecrated, I'm at the heart of Jesus, I'm good, right? This Marian consecration is step number one. Um, when we consecrate to Mary, which it's a specific um like ritual it's not a rite of the church it's just something that you're going to do you're going to come to mass on march 25th which is the celebration of the annunciation when the the angel gabriel came to mary to tell her that she was going to be the mother of god um we're going to have masses at church and after mass we're going to do a specific prayer where we're going to say a prayer to mary telling her i am giving my heart my life my works everything to you so that you can bring it to jesus and we can get these these graces from his heart. Um, but she's just getting up there. <laughs> Once we get there, right, Jesus has stuff for us to do, right? We know that. So once we're done with this Marian consecration, what's the next thing after that? Well, uh, Father Michael Gately says it's wisdom and works of mercy. Wisdom means keep learning about your faith, right? We didn't, we don't have like confirmation, graduation, I'm all done, I don't have to learn anymore, right? And works of mercy, like we have to serve people. We actually have to be Christ to other people. We don't just get to be with Jesus and be like, hey, this is pretty cool, I'm just going to enjoy it. Like, no, we have to actually go out and do something. So, but once we've done our consecration to Mary, when we do these works and when we learn, it's going to be with this super abundant grace. So imagine that, right? This is how saints are made, y'all. You are going to be a saint. And this is step one. I mean, like, how awesome is that? I mean, I know that was like baptism. You've been going to church your whole life, all that other stuff. But I'm just saying, we're about to put you into like superhero status on on, on your road to being a saint. So um, it's exciting, right? Yes. And then the the... I don't say the last part, but the step three, right? Step one, Mary's taking us to Jesus, Jesus's heart. Get the graces. Number two, we're going to learn the stuff and do the things to be Jesus with these super abundant graces. Step three, you are going to do the, the next person, right? Because we know this is what our faith is about. We don't get to just keep it to ourselves. You're going to do it with someone else. You are going to either show them, bring them, invite them whatever it is, 
that is just living your faith and sharing it with the next person, that's what you're going to do. You are going to forgive the unforgivable person. You are going to love the unlovable person, right? And we're talking in human standards, y'all know. But um, what are you going to do? You're going to do the things that other people just could not do because they did not have this grace. So just remember that we're doing this Marian consecration. This is step one of a bigger picture. And y'all know I love you and I will walk with you through this, right? And I will always encourage you and I will always believe in you. But don't quit on me. Don't quit on me. You're going to do this step one. And then we're going to talk about step two, which is learning and doing works of mercy. We do those things together anyway. So, um, all right. So now we know why we're doing it. We're getting a bigger picture of how the Marian consecration fits into um, what we're doing. The last thing I want to talk to you about is just kind of what he calls it is the skeleton or the bare bones. Um, and then when you actually read the stuff in the book, it's going to put like the meat on the bones. That's just a very nice picture. That skeleton, we're putting the meat on. Okay. So he keeps referring back to Luke 12, 49, um, which says, I have come to set fire on the earth, how I wish it was already burning. So um, what we're talking about is the desire for our hearts to burn with love for Jesus. Burn with love, right? So I'm currently reading a book right now um, based on St. Therese, and she talks about desire and passion, how the beginning of all things is you have to want something. Like, that's just, you you don't just, like, you know, do nothing. At some point, you want something, right? And, but wanting something is not enough, right? Like, <laughs> y'all know, I, I want to be skinny, right? Yeah, but you know what? That does not mean that I'm going to do the work that it takes for me to be healthy and skinny, right? I want to be a lot of things. It doesn't mean I'm actually going to do the work that it takes to do that, right? The desire to do something is good, but that in and of itself is not enough, right? You have to move to the next thing, which is passion. If you have a desire, the next thing you move to is a passion for it. Passion is what's going to lead you to movement, to action. So if I want something so badly, right, I will start to develop a passion for it. And this will actually make me do something to get that. I'm not just going to say, yeah, yeah, I, I want to be healthy, right? I'm going to be like, no, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm committing it. I'm throwing the junk food out of the closet and I am going to go for a run every day. Those are the kinds of things, like when we have passion, at least that. So there's more steps in that, but I want to make sure that you understand when we're talking about our hearts burning with love for Jesus, you cannot be in desire mode. You cannot just say like, yeah, I want to be close to Jesus, but not willing to put in what it takes to actually be close with Jesus, right? We're trying to get you from, I want that to, I, I want to do that. So this is where we're at. We want our hearts on fire, right? How Jesus wished that they were already burning. Come on, get your fire going, yes? So um, God in his goodness, he relies on us to set the fire. So he's not going to make us do something we don't want to do. He's never going to make us do something we don't want to do. If it was against our will, right, it would not be love. We know we've talked about that before. So he's saying, 
I want you to burn with love the way that he burns with love for you, right? He wants you to turn that into action. What does that look like? But he's not going to force you to do it. He's going to give you the choice to do it. So this is what we're about to do. Um, and for us to remember, like, this is a, a privilege, right? This is a blessing that God even allows us to even participate in, in his work. I mean, how many times I have been humbled to know that um, if, you know, when all of us get to heaven, if I played a teeny tiny part in helping you learn something, helping you know something, helping you feel Christ in your life, how humbling that is for me to be that for you. Like, that is, it's crazy that God even allows me to be a tiny part of that. But he has that in store for each one of you. You can be a part of somebody's journey, right? To heaven, to heaven. Not like the best life ever, like the best life forever, right? Eternity, yes. So um, he wants to include you in that. He calls you to be doing that, but he also gives us the choice to not do it. So here we go. Set your heart on fire. Let's go, right? Um, 1 Corinthians 12 says everyone has a role in the work of salvation. Then, um, and the one person has the most important work in all of that, and that's Mary. She brought Jesus into this world, right? She will bring to us graces that we cannot possibly fathom, right? Um, and we know in scripture, it says, honor your father and your mother. And Jesus did that, um, you know, by giving Mary the most important role of, of a creature, of a, of a person, right? And, and uh, her role, like, of course, he honored his father. Right? He did the will of God unto death in resurrection. So that's honoring his father. But he did also honor his mother by giving her this really important role. And that important role is to, to bring us to the heart of Jesus, to receive the graces, to make us into other Christs. So this um, terminology or vocabulary is what Father Gately uses, where he says to form us into other Christ, because we're part of the body of Christ. In scripture, it says, right, Christ is the head, we're the, the body of Christ. He doesn't say become like Christ. He says we are the body of Christ. We are Christ on earth. Right. In order for us to become that, right, we need grace, y'all. We are not Jesus. We are not Mary. We need help. We need grace. So, um, with that in mind, remember that Mary, in a very, very special way, can get us those graces that are going to help form us into the Christ that we we are made to be. That's what God intended us to be. So, um, Mary, she nurtures us. She teaches us. Right. She's a mama. She loves us. Don't feel good. Who do you call? You call mama, right? And also understanding that Mary said yes, right? Did God have to come through Mary? Like he could have like just randomly appeared, right? But he didn't. He didn't. He chose to become a human being through a mom, through Mary. So um, her yes plays an amazing role in that. Um, and then, of course, we talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit, uh, not because he's a lesser, but because 
this is the actual work, the actual grace, right? The actual fire, all of these things. This is the Holy Spirit. Of course, the Holy Spirit transforms us at baptism, makes us into a beloved son or daughter of God. Like how that can even happen from being a sinful creature made into a son or daughter of God into being called to be another Christ. How does that even happen? I mean, it's the Holy Spirit. It's what he does. And in this, we're talking about Mary being the spouse of the Holy Spirit. Right? Think about that for a second. Mary is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. So when um, at the Annunciation, let me pull this up really quick. When um, they when um, Gabriel came to Mary and said, "You are going to be the mother of God," uh, that was the Holy Spirit, <laughs> right? Hang on, I'm going to pull this up because I don't want to get this this wrong. This is when, um, oh, I should have pulled this up ahead of time. Oh, wait, here we go. So, it says, let me find it. I got it, I got it, I got it right here. Um. Gabriel says, greetings, favored one. So the angel, when he arrived, may the Lord be with you. And she was disturbed at this and wondered what such a greeting might mean. Pondering, remember? Um, he says, do not be afraid, Mary. You're in favor with God. You will conceive in your womb, and you shall have bear a son, and you will call him Jesus. And he will be a great man, and he'll be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of, of David his father, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will never come to an end. She says, how will this happen? I'm still a virgin, right? How is she going to be pregnant with a baby? And he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, the Holy One who is born from you will be called God's Son because the Holy Spirit is God, right? The Holy Spirit comes upon Mary, right? Comes to her. And by the power of the Most High of God will overshadow you. That's what he did. This is the spouse of Mary, right? Because they have shared a bond of love that created a child, spouse of the Holy Spirit. So um, this is why, you know, we'll talk about St. Joseph a little bit because you know how that that's something different. But um, so to remember that um, the Holy Spirit as spouse of Mary um, he loves when somebody has Mary in his heart. Because think about that for a minute. Think about the person you love most in the world, whether it's my husband or my kids or, or any anyone else, right? Um, if they were taking care or particularly loving my kids or my, my husband, like let's say like um, if one of if my husband was sick and there was a nurse or a doctor that was taking care of them and like doing everything that they needed to do to not just to just fix him and help but also to care for him like I would have a special right devotion and and love for that person that's caring for my spouse and it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit St. Louis de Montfort says when the Holy Spirit finds Mary in one's heart he flies there right so how are we going to become holy with the Holy Spirit and that's why we say Mary is step one of this, because when she's in your heart, the Holy Spirit will be there and be like there. That's one that loves, right? My spouse, I will go there. So 
Um, like, of course, and then the last part of that is remembering, like, Mary said yes. Mary gave her permission um, to, she, I mean, she gave her yes, right, to God to say, yes, okay. She He was not going to make her to do that. The next part of that reading, she literally says, have it be done to me according to your will, right? So um, her fiat, F-I-A-T, her fiat, her yes to being the mother of God, right, changed everything. So um, we want to give her permission, right, to bring us to her spouse, to bring us to the heart of Jesus, to form us into saints, right? Mary understands. She respects our freedom because God respected her freedom. She understands what the power of one person's yes can do. And you don't know. It could be your yes, your yes that could change the world. So, um, and you know what? If that happens, y'all, big things will happen. Like things can change your life because it'll change who you are. So I cannot emphasize enough. Like it, it's awesome. It's an amazing thing. So um, John Paul II said, let her do the work of bringing us to Jesus. And I mean, I'm all about that. She knows how to do it in the most perfect way. So do your thing, Mary. Yes, right? So that's the introduction. Why are we doing Marian consecration? Because we in a time we can receive an abundant amount of grace and she will take us directly to the heart of Jesus, which is where we want to be, right? We understand this is the first step. After this, we still have work to do, right? We have to learn. We have to do works of mercy. As we do that, we're going to spread it out to the next person. And now this is what we're called to do. And with that understanding, hey, make me a saint. Yes, please. I want to get to heaven and I want to be there with Mary, with Jesus, um, with you. So, uh, all right. Like I said, this will be the longest one of the 33 days because there was not a small reading that went with this. This was a this is the whole introduction. So, um, hey, read day one now. Next step, read day one, then listen to the podcast tomorrow. All right. You know, I love you. Yes. You know, I got you. I believe in you. You can do this. It's going to be good. Don't doubt me. Yes. And I'm going to close with a prayer called the Memorari because I'm going to pick one new um, Mary prayer a week while we're doing this so that you can start to, to learn and, and practice and memorize these for yourself. So we're going to close with a prayer called the Memorari. Yes. And um, hopefully you'll have it memorized soon. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone that fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I will talk to you tomorrow after you have read day one. All right. Love you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.